Tree Talking Time is brought to you by Conkeys Outdoors. Get all your hound hunting needs at Conkeys.com. Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest feists to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Welcome back to another episode of Tree Talking Time. Just a quick reminder that Autumn Oaks is in a couple of weeks, and if you're planning on coming out, I'd love to see you. I'll have a booth. Uh, be somewhere outside, I'm not exactly sure. I'll have some giveaways from my sponsors, Full Cry and Conkeys, so make sure to stop out and see me. Just as a reminder, though, even though I will have a, some shirts and hats at Autumn Oaks, if you're not planning on coming to Autumn Oaks, you can still find my shirts at W Hound Supply under their podcast and partners tab at the top of the page. So make sure to check those out if you aren't going to make it. And without further ado, here's Chuck and Adam Loudon. Well, let me tell you a story about Bill since we were talking about Bill and I was, I was already thinking about it. Yeah, definitely. But Bill, Bill was working at the dog pound okay, <laughs> at the time. and he called me and he said, Adam, we've got a dog out here, a hound. And he said, if you want, I'll go, I'll get it and we'll take it hunting. I said, sure. So, How real? I'm going to say 16, 17. Okay. So I went over to Bill's house, which I often did and coon hunted with him, but mm-hmm. I never brought my own dogs except for occasionally I'd hunt pepper with his dogs. Okay. But I usually just hunted with his hounds and he had blue ticks and he had a walker too. Okay. So we went over there or I went over there and he, he had this big walker dog that he got from the pound <laughs> and we were she going was to. She pretty. Yeah, she's beautiful. And we were going to turn her loose down below his house uh, with one of his blue dogs. Nice. We turned him loose. Blue dog goes down in there and strikes. And we're just talking, just, you know, expecting nothing. Actually, kind of expecting to never see this dog again. Yeah. <laughs> and we're sitting there talking. All of a sudden, she just gives this giant locating just 120 bark a minute tree dog. <laughs> and I'm telling you what, me and Bill, we laughed so hard. The blue dog ends up treeing with her. We go down there, find the coon. And I mean, we were, we were laughing the whole way at just, oh, yeah. yeah, how you get this dog out of the dog pound and boom. And she'd been in there. She was due to be euthanized. That's why we took her out in the first place. Yeah. Nobody claimed her. No. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway, we, you know, Bill was fairly old at that time. So it was just a good memory of us walking down through that holler to go get her and mm-hmm. and get down there. And she just, she looked as good as a coon dog could look. Yeah. And, uh, she never looked that good ever again. That was <laughs> one more, one more treat. When we went up there to Alton that night, he, cause then they took her back and it, you, you took me up to Alton and said, you got to see this dog. Well, man, she flew in and treed. We saw Coon's tail hanging out of the, out of a hole. And then she ran something the rest of the night. We don't know what it was. And she never <laughs> did do that much, but we named her psycho because she was just like, she would lay in the box and in the doghouse, just lay down there like she was 40 years old. And man, as soon as you went to get her, she just went totally insane. I mean, you, you couldn't, she, she would go crazy going to the truck. That was <laughs> just one of those so we moments called her psycho. with Bill, though, that I remember oh, yeah. really well. And, mm-hmm. and he was, he was one of my mentors and yeah. I'd go over there and we very rarely ever squirrel hunted. I can't think of it maybe two or three times we squirrel hunted and okay. um, I just went over and coon hunted with him Yeah, and I went over there one night or one afternoon, he wanted to see Apache. Mm-hmm. and I took him over there, and I can't remember. He had a little dog there that we turned loose to, and and Apache just 
looked like a million dollars. I mean, just absolutely was smoking them. I think we only hunted an hour in Apache tree, like seven on the outside. And nice. I mean, he did it quick and did it right. And Bill was so impressed. And there's nothing better for me than taking, than going out with your mentor and your dog just looking like a million dollars. Yeah. It was a really, really fun day that I still remember about Bill. And Bill always said he never saw a better squirrel dog in his life. Yeah, that's what, it, after, okay. after that day, he said he never saw a better squirrel dog. And, you know, young me being a teenager, man, I was pumped up on oh, that. Yeah. So. I mean, that's like no better compliment. Like, like you said, you're a teenager. You fairly, you know, you've been in, in the squirrel dog game probably, what, a couple years? Probably four or five years at yeah. that point. Yeah. So not yeah. super long. Obviously, you're a teenager. It can't be, but still, you're yeah. young, impressionable, and then, then somebody that actually they're – their opinion matters to you, you know, yeah, to exactly. say something like that. I never wanted him to go hunting with Apache ever again or any of them again. I <laughs> yeah. said, man, he, he saw what he wanted to see, you know. Yep. And I, I can't remember, honestly, we might have squirrel hunted a handful of times after that. But mm-hmm. we mainly, Bill didn't hunt a whole lot at that point. Yeah. And mainly we usually went coon hunting. He, okay. he did coon hunt with Apache after that. Uh-huh. He, I remember we turned Apache and his shine. Yeah. We turned Apache and shine loose in a small place and – they hit a, well, Shine hit a track. Apache didn't say anything. And mm-hmm. um, she took it up to holler there. And I'm watching on the, well, I wasn't watching on the Garmin. I guess I was beep, beeping. I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> now. But um, Apache came across the bottom and we saw him in our light. And he was joking with me. Apache wouldn't tree a coon. And then Apache just grabs a tree right there where he was. And Shine went on up through the holler and ended up coming back down and doing nothing. We went over and he had a coon. I said, "Oh, now what are you talking about that cur dog?" <laughs> you know? Yep, I, I've had a few nights where uh, cur dog looked pretty good and some, looked a little better than some hounds, and it's always, you know, makes you feel good. Oh, you're dead going right because yeah. everybody talks trash on the cur dog. All the hound guys talk trash on the cur dogs. So, I've had my I've had a couple of nights there where a, a cur dog looked good and a hound guy turned into a person i've never seen before trying to defend themselves <laughs> about it <laughs> yeah that kind of happened with with uh mohawk and that bill's blue dog that one time when i mean a lot of the hunts were just short hunts like one tree and yeah because bill, bill was he couldn't do go very good he was mm-hmm. older yeah he's having some major i mean he had open heart surgery yeah. and he's had breathing problems gotcha he just couldn't go for we cut mohawk time. loose with that blue dog and and they both hit well they hit the track and mohawk was with him and then the blue dog is running balling and next thing you know mohawk was 100 yards ahead treed mm-hmm. <laughs> he <Yeah>. hadn't said anything <laughs> <laughs> nice well, why don't you guys introduce yourself before we get too far into this i mean i'm sure a lot of people have already figured out who you are but for, for anybody that doesn't know well uh i'm adam loudon and uh, we're sitting here in buchanan west virginia on the front porch now not really mountain state kennels front porch my dad has the kennels at his house <laughs> but um yeah, I do. I do all the uh, dirty work. He's just a, he's just a dog trainer, squirrel hunter, and, <laughs> and I, uh, I I'm along. So a lot of times, I'm along for the ride. Yeah. The, the day in days gone by, I I uh, took the lead and said, "Well, we're going to go up this holler." And now I say, "Where are we going to go, Adam?" There so, you go. <laughs> I'm Chuck Loudon, and I'm the old man. Sometimes the mouth of the organization. I don't know. <laughs> it's what I've been called. <laughs> but you guys are pretty well known in the squirrel dog community with Mountain State Kennels. I know I've followed along with your guys' kennel for a long time. And you guys had a really nice website back in the day. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Got a get, lot of information on it, too. I get credit for that website. Yeah. 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 You would think that I would, being young, I'd be the one that did the website, but I did not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd think 
being old, I'd be the one to train the dogs, but that's not true. Yeah, I guess not. Well, obviously, I, I kind of have a relative idea of how Mountain State Kennels started, but why don't you guys, for anybody that doesn't know, kind of give a brief synopsis of kind of how that all started. Yeah, well, I'll I'll just say that, you know, Dad was a, a coon hunter, you know, before I ever got into dogs. So maybe, Dad, you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, um, the na- Mountain State Kennel name came from a little single-registered English red tick who was a genuine cur dog, uh, <laughs> the best coon dog I ever hunted with. His name was Mountain State Rattler. And okay. when, uh, when Adam and I got started, it, the the kennel i just i always loved that mountain state name mm-hmm. and that was the only dog named mountain state anything that i remember there was there were some others probably a long line but i don't know but anyway yeah. i uh i just loved that name and my friend neil rigger who had rattler also had a dog named apache okay and his name was beaver creek apache but whatever so anyway we we just kind of that name just kind of rang with us and then when when Pepper's Pup came along, uh, Apache, he got that name too. So, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I did, uh, tree and walkers back in the seventies and, okay. and, uh, we probably, if, if Adam had listened to me, we wouldn't have gotten into squirrel, uh, cur dog <laughs> because, uh, when he was a boy, he wanted to get a cur dog and in my, in my mind, in my hound mindset, I said, well, we don't have a, you know, adult dog to train him with. So it'll be mm-hmm. just be too hard to train one. And, um, I don't know, uh, maybe I'll get too far afoot, but when Adam was about 12 years old, you know, back in, that's the computer days when you yeah. worrying about your kids doing stuff. And he came downstairs and went one night and said, I did something really bad, but it turned out good. <laughs> and <laughs> you know how many times your 12 year old say that to you. But anyway, uh, um, he had been wanting to get a, a, a dog and he, he worked, he had money with trim yards and mode and stuff. And he had money. He wanted to buy a puppy, and, and his mom and I wouldn't let him do it. And he he said, I've got the money. And I said, yeah, but it's our responsibility to make you, you know, spend it wisely. And and we don't have a male, a, a adult dog to train a, a pup with. But he's talking to this guy in, in uh, Kansas, Joe McMillan, on the computer. And he told Joe he's 12 years old and, you know, all this. <laughs> so he came downstairs, and he says, uh, this guy said I, he will give me a pup if I can get it from Kansas to West Virginia. I looked at his mom and said, what are we going to do now? I mean, yeah. you know, can't say he's not investing his money wisely because it don't cost anything. But anyway, that was Mountain State Pepper. Okay. And, uh, the bad thing I did was I told him my uh, my age and who I was, and they yeah, told me yeah. always not to do that on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was the bad thing that turned out good. And so that was that was where Pepper came from. And then Mountain nice. State Pepper was yeah. because of. Old Rattler. <laughs> well, to back up a little bit, though, you know, Dad did the coonhounds in the 70s, but then he sold his dogs. And when I was a kid, we didn't have any hunting dogs. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I had, I had the stories of hunting dogs, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I had, you know, we hunted a lot, mm-hmm. just, you know, still hunted for squirrels and deer hunted. And, okay. and I was obsessed he, he with it. He was eating up with it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted... You know, he had told me all these stories about hounds, and there was a little squirrel dog, a uh, mixed-up dog, where he lived as a kid. And I, I wanted one, and you know, we didn't. It just wasn't something that was on the uh, going to be. But what ended up happening was, um, there was an older guy who, who, his wife was a teacher at my dad's school, and my dad ran a preschool for most okay. of his career. And his his wife 
um, was a teacher there, and we were at this picnic, and uh, I found out he had a squirrel dog, and I, <laughs> and I was pretty insistent on going with him. Yeah. And Dad said I could go, and he had this little black and white spotted feist that was name was Monk, like Chipmunk. Yeah. And he came, and he'd drive through and pick me up, and I'd go hunting with this feist, and I mean, looking back on it, the dog was no dog. I mean, he yeah. he was a squirrel treeing dog, but he also would he'd bark two or three times and just walk around. And yeah. when you got there, he'd take you back to the tree. And um, I I was obsessed with him and going squirrel hunting. And my buddy John Love, who was who was the guy that had to feist. Yeah. He uh he would work four days on and four days off. And every day that I had off from school. <laughs> that he had off from work, I would go hunting with him. Yeah. No matter whether I was throwing up sick or whatever, I was going hunting with him. <laughs> so that's kind of where I got going into it, and that's why I got on, at the time, Squirrel Dog Central. Yeah. And started chatting with those people and trying to find a dog. So yeah. That's when I was in seventh grade, I yeah, guess. Something like so, that, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Kind of similar. I found Squirrel Dog Central when I was in high school, and, you know, same thing, and that's how I met Mike. And it was good. It was It was good place to meet people in the squirrel dog world oh i had several good friends um you know the one that sticks out to me well there's lots that stick out to me but barry brown i, I talked to on there barry lives up in michigan and and he had a, a world champion dog named princess die and there was three or four people that i talked to a lot at that time and we met out at elnora that's the first yeah. time i met those people and i had a young pepper and you know, it was just, it, it was, it was funny. We, go, we, we went out to Elnora and we were staying at whatever, the, I can't remember the name of that hotel where he stayed out there all the time. But anyway, like uh, his mom and I took him, we went out there. We had no idea what we were getting into. <laughs> but anyway, we, we pull up to this hotel and there's all these people outside and, and, uh, he, he had it on the, he used the name Bob Coblo on the, on the, <laughs> on the, uh, Squirrel Oak Central. I don't know why. Well, I do know why that's, story for another day he um anyway we get out of the car out there and his mom and adam and i and someone looks over you know and says is that bob <laughs> they said bob there's bob <laughs> <laughs> so anyway it was like we're we're you know all these adults and our 12 year old you know? yeah <laughs> and about then you were probably 13 or 14 probably yeah. that's funny <clears throat> so how was pepper bread well, she's out of a brother and sister cross. Um, yeah. So at the time, and I didn't know this at the time, but the Duff's Bob blood was kind of sought after. Mm -hmm. And I later kind of figured it all out. But at the time, it didn't matter to me. I just wanted the dog. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, her mother is a Hall of Fame dog, Bonnie Betty. Yep. And um, her father, uh, help me with the dog's name, Dirty Harry. Yeah. Dirty Marvin's Harry. Marvin's Dirty Harry. And they're both out of the same cross, so it's a brother-sister cross. Yeah. We and, didn't know that when we got that she was inbred, but, you know, whatever. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't know, but, you know, we ended up getting some really great blood right off the bat. Yep. And, and I didn't even, didn't have full recognition of it at the beginning. But since, uh, you know, I don't know if you did this, but when I was a kid, I'd sit there and just comb through those National Cur and Feist Breeder yearbooks over and over and over. i just look at them mm -hmm. over and and uh, she's very, they've got the same blood as the Ohio Bobby dog that James Mincer had. And yeah, I just remember, cross. I remember watching that, watching the, the, the books there and seeing Bobby with a giant tailgate of squirrels as a kid yeah. and thinking, oh man, I'd love to have a dog like that. And I ended up actually having the same blood. Yeah. So. That's awesome. And, and we, we were, uh, 
we were well adam was searching all over the united states for the right dog to breed or two and uh i kept telling him i said man we got like the nicest dog in the country just a few miles away up there in ohio and uh we ended up taking her up and breeding her to uh franklin's thunder yep which was like I don't know. We stumbled into all of that. I mean, we, I used to talk about the dominant cross breeding, but I, you know, that, that, the, uh, the cross that peppers, both parents came from was mm-hmm. produced a lot of great dogs. And of course the Franklin the cross, the cross of Franklin Sunder was from was the yeah. same thing. And we just, I mean, when we put that together, man, it just was something else. I mean, yeah. And there were a lot of good dogs out there. None of them are known as like Apache was, but there were a lot of good dogs from that cross. We did it couple times or twice i think okay yeah nice and then obviously apache most people are probably gonna know apache you you did a lot of winning with him didn't you Uh, a lot of winning with him and well you know if you could if i could take you back to when he was a puppy i mean first off he was kind of lucky to be alive because of a weird story that happened to him where he was at he was at my uncle's my uncle's has a little farm and he was letting a couple of my puppies run loose Mm -hmm. and he had a Siberian Husky. Yeah, thank you. He had a he had a Husky there. And the Husky, when the Apache was like eight, nine weeks old, bit him right through the middle and almost killed him. Oh geez. And he was lucky to be alive, honestly. Yeah, after he that. carried he carried some white hairs on his abdomen from where that healed up. I mean yeah. he yeah. bit him all the way through. Jeez. And, and um he Adam started, was going over there with a the gun, go kill that husky. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he started treeing it. You know, actually, he started treeing in the yard probably five months old. And mm-hmm. I'll be totally honest with you, he was just as good a tree dog on, on the day one as he ended up being. Yeah. And I, I remember I hunted him by himself there around the house, and he ran a deer two miles like the first day I took <laughs> him hunting. And I mean, he was he was just an exceptional pup and started on his own. I mean, I remember so clearly the day we he split treed when we took him with Pepper the first time and then just... An incredible dog, but yeah, I yeah. did a lot of winning with him. And at the time, we were going to WTDA hunts all the time. Yeah. So I think, Dad, you probably remember the stats on it. What did? How oh, many my. hunts did we put him in? Yeah. Well, we put it. Adam had him in twenty-three casts, and he won twenty-one of them. And and he had, I, I I'm a numbers guy. Anyway, he had seven thousand six hundred plus and one twenty-five minus. And I always used to. Uh, that's when with Adam handling. That's what he had yeah. in his hunts. And I always used to. Uh, put an asterisk at the end of that because that 125 minus he went back and got treed back in and had plus on that too so we I didn't want to count that <laughs> <laughs> but he was I'm telling you he was when it came to competition the only thing that he lacked was flying there 100 miles an hour deep because he he was like a he wasn't that kind of dog he was a kind of dog going around you and getting every mm-hmm. squirrel everywhere yeah but uh, so we lost uh well, the the uh, the first competition Honey was in, he was only seventeen months old. Adam is Adam is like this. He's re- very cautious about this stuff, and he was not going to put him in a hunt. Mm-hmm. I said, "We need to have this dog in a competition hunt." Adam said, oh, "I don't know. We don't, you know, this that whatever excuses he was coming up with." I said, "Let's go hunting today. We'll we'll hunt. You you hunt Apache. I'll hunt Pepper. We'll do. We'll call them and score them. And if Apache wins, then." we'll take him to the WTDA world hunt. And if he doesn't, <laughs> we won't, I'll go with you. He beat pepper by 525 points. And, and he said, well, I guess we have to go to this hunt. We well, went up there and he was reserve world 
champion when it was over with. And, nice. And he was 17, and and uh, Apache was 17 months. So that's after, awesome. After that, man, we plowed him through some hunts there for a while. Yeah. He made Super Grand Squirrel Champion, maybe a, with lacked one hunt being as fast as you can make it. Okay. Uh, WTDA. Yeah, he was he was super special, and you know the thing about back then the competition game has changed obviously a lot but yeah um back then a lot of people's dogs wouldn't stay treated and i've heard people you know talk about that on the podcast and yeah it's true but he was he was an absolutely stay treat all day long dog from the beginning and okay um he, and that's what you know that that and the top that he uh, the fact that he had an insane tree style that you know is still kind of noteworthy yeah <laughs> um, that stomp he had the stomp and he he did it on every tree and he was, you know, a hundred bark a minute tree dog on every tree. And, and that was very rare at the time. Yeah. And, and once he, he made up his mind, I mean, it was like, he made up his mind. He, he, he was like insane focused on that tree. I mean, he, his eyes would get big and the slobbers flew. And once he made up his mind, he was there. But you know, I, when he was a puppy and, and I think that we have always done this well as, you know, when we breed dogs, we try to look at what they are naturally, not necessarily what you put into them. What you can yeah. make them, yeah. Because that's what you're going to get when you breed dogs. Yeah. And when he was a pup, like, uh, you know, call him an eight, 10 month old dog. When you cut him loose, he was a straight line hunter. And I mean, yeah. I mean, he didn't end up that way, not because I tried to stop him. He eventually just, you know, started hunting loops. Mm -hmm. But when he was a pup, you cut him loose and you were going to get him in a straight line somewhere treed at that eight, 10 month old age. Yeah. And for some reason he, he stopped. Doing I think that. he got smarter. Uh, that's what I always thought. I, he just, he, I think he somehow he figured out there's squirrels all around you. You don't have to go that way as far as you can go to get him. Yeah. And in being competition hunt now, that might be a detriment to him, but man, back then he treed a bunch of squirrels. But he was, I mean, he, he, he threw that hard hunt and a lot of his dogs because of it, I yeah. think. I mean, he that's just the way he was as a pup. And I think that as a breeder, the one of the most important things you can do is to be honest with yourself, you know, yeah. about what your dogs do naturally. Yeah. And then that's what you need to use as your baseline. And yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's a problem for if you don't if you don't raise and train your own dogs, then you don't all the time know and people don't like to talk about maybe what the dog did naturally exactly and they don't want to talk about dogs faults it's kind of limited us some because of, of breeding because we don't want to breed the we don't want to accidentally breed to a man-made dog you know yeah so we've kind of been really cautious and try to breed the dogs that we think were natural born born natural you know because i mean that's what you're breeding for yeah you can't breed for man-made dogs because you you know, I mean, then when you do that, you're really just breeding for intelligence, and not, I yeah. mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah. So after Apache and Pepper, you had Geronimo, right? Yeah, and uh, the way Geronimo came about, well, he was, you know, we bred Apache to Alan's a female that Alan had named Ginger, and mm -hmm. and I I loved Ginger from day one. I mean, I hunted with her with Alan when she was young, and she was as top notch as could be. He didn't. He, he didn't hunt her in a whole lot of hunts, and I'd say if he had her now, he probably would have hunted her in more hunts because she was such a top dog. Yeah. Um, but we bred them and got Geronimo. Well, we didn't actually have him as a pup. We It was Alan's stud feet pup. And no, no. No, you got it backwards. We bred Apache to 
his dog. We had a stud fee pup. Ad, Alan kept Geronimo. Oh, that's right. I don't remember what happened to ours. No, oh, we sold him once we got our hands on Geronimo. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, Geronimo, Alan at the time had some Amish guys who were starting his pups for him. Yeah. And he had called down here and said, you know, he had this one of these pups that was treeing its own squirrels at five, six months old, so he got it back from the Amish guys. Mm-hmm. At the time, he was hunting the ranger dog, and, and he was getting split off. I remember Alan telling me, you know, this six-month-old pup's getting split-treed off the this nice. other dog. And, and, of course, I wanted him. And we were talking about how we were going to get him, and then you you can tell oh, what I, happened. Oh, I pestered Alan for that dog something awful, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, he named actually he named him Geronimo, which is like crazy. You'd think that that was the name we came up with, but he named him Geronimo. But anyway, uh, I pestered Alan for that dog, and and he he didn't want to sell him, didn't want to sell him. It, the, his daughter uh, uh, Taylor was riding him around the yard in a pink jeep, and he was just a, <laughs> you know, a, a pet almost. Yeah. So anyway, I just kept bothering him, bothering him. He was sound like he was going to sell him, and then he wouldn't. So I called him right before Adam's nineteenth uh, birthday, I think it was, and I said, "If you're going to sell me that dog, I want it on on May twenty seventh. I want it. To, <laughs> I want to come and get it that day." And he said, "He said he'd take a thousand dollars for him," and. Uh, you know, that wouldn't sound like as much right now. As no, today it, that's like $1,000 for a really nice, young, promising dog that's already that's trained its own yeah. But he said... Uh, At he's, the time, though, what, yeah. what year was that? I mean, that was 2005 or six? Three. Was it that early? Yeah, yeah. well, that was probably a lot for a six-month-old yeah. dog at that but, time. But anyway, what Alan told me was, he said, he said uh, Taylor's going to be really mad at me for selling this dog. She was, I don't know, she's probably seven or something like yeah. that. He said, so when you bring the money, bring me uh, with it. I want you to bring me $101 bills because I'm going to give those to Taylor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I told Adam, yeah, I said, well, we're going to go get your birthday present today. And he said, what's that? And I said, well, we got to drive to get it. Get hop in the truck and let's go. <laughs> he didn't even know we were doing it, but it was on his birthday. I drove him up and we got got Geronimo. Yeah, now that's he, awesome. And he was awesome from the beginning. I mean, <laughs> I remember the first day I hunted him. I think it was the first day I hunted him. I might have hunted him a few days by himself, but I remember we turned him loose with the holly dog we had. And, yeah. And I can't remember the details of it, but he just blew in there and got treated. He was, well, when he blew past her, he, and she wouldn't go hunting as as hard as he would. He just he turned around like, "What's like wrong with you?" you know? yeah. He just turned around, looked at her, and, and then he went boom, and he was and, gone. You know, <laughs> he just blew in there and got treated. You know, seven at that point is probably seven months old ish. Yeah, he was seven months old. He was just barely, uh, just a fantastic young dog from in mm-hmm. all accounts. And the problem was we didn't have any squirrels at that time. We had one of these years where we'd had two bad mass crops in a row. Yep, we had no squirrels, and sometimes I think that's the reason why he he was such a, a deep hunter because he grew up in that, you know, yeah. he grew up with no game. Well, you know, a lot of people would, uh, I mean, nobody knows maybe, I don't know, but when he won, he was reserve world champion too. And when he won that, he had had five squirrels out to him. That's all he'd had. Wow. I mean, we could not find a squirrel. He mm-hmm. just, it didn't matter to him. He just hunted and hunted and he'd treed treat, when yeah. he finally found a tree. He treed one, five squirrels is all he had had out to him. He was, he was under two years old. But that whole year, we got five squirrels out that dog. That's yeah, crazy. just, uh, you know, Dad always remembers all the numbers of the stuff, which is nice because, <laughs> you know, I can't remember what happened. But, uh, you know, th- the thought of that is crazy to me. I, I know. 
And I, I mean, I remember hunting him all the time, but I just don't remember not getting anything out to him. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Man, he was, he would go when, with uh, Adam, when we got him, Adam said, what I really want is a dog that'll go. And I, a couple times after that, I said, you might learn to eat your words because <laughs> this dog is going. I mean, he was going. He, yeah. was, he was going way out. But he did a lot of winning, too. I mean, he, yeah. it's just like Apache. He made Super Grand Squirrel Champion in, like, the minimum number of hunts. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he won so many hunts around here. We used to have a lot of hunts in West Virginia. Yeah. And he just he, he just won all the time. And just, I mean, there was he was such a nice dog. He was, you know, he'd get treated on his own. He would cover a dog sometimes if they had a tree and he wasn't treed yet, but he would also be split. I mean, he was the type of dog in a hunt that get a little bit of yours and then get a couple on his own. And yep. and then the real thing that was benefit to him was just what a great reproducer he was because yeah, he just, you could probably breed him to a poodle and come out with tree dogs. I mean, it didn't matter what you oh, bred yeah. him to, you were going to get a tree dog out of it. Yep. And he just... Every, you know, from the beginning when we started crossing him on stuff, it was just constantly people pouring in talking about how, how nice the pups were. pups were. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell everybody about all the good pups out of him because it was just like every one of them almost was. And uh, so that's what made him what he was. Now, what made him what he was to me was he was a great pet. (laughs) (laughs) I took him camping. I mean, he lived on my back porch. He was so stinking smart that uh, I, he he literally, we, I walked him through this neighborhood, a little residential kind of neighborhood we live in. I walk him through there, and he would see a squirrel on the ground, and I could, 20 feet away, and I could say, no, nah, we're not doing that now, and he'd just ignore it. Wow, that's that's smart. And and he would, I mean, he all you had to do was say, we're going, and he'd be thousand yards in there after a squirrel but if there was one right in front of him and i told him we were, were not hunting he would he just would not do it and he would walk out he would you know when you were you'd get him off the last tree if you if i said to him i i don't remember if he did it probably with you the same way but if i said to him hey we're done he just walk right beside of you and act like nothing's going on and, and he would often wind a squirrel walking out yeah and whine but he wouldn't break keel Mm-hmm. And I mean, you didn't have to remind him about it. You told him one time and he we're just done. sat there. It was like Jeez. one time you say we're done right behind you and walk the rest of the way out. And if you did want to, I mean, I remember the one, one hunt specifically, but you know, uh, we were walking him out and he was whining, you know, and he, you were in college. I said, yeah. you got time for another tree. And the, yeah. I remember this. And you know, I said, I said, yeah, go ahead, Geronimo. And he just blew in there and treated that squirrel. You know, he just, <laughs> but he wouldn't, he wouldn't break heel unless you told him to. And he's yeah. just, he's such a smart dog. And when I moved to Indiana, I actually, he's the dog that I actually took with me when I moved okay. out there. And, um, you know, that was a tough time for me. First time I'd moved away from home and everything. And yeah. me and Geronimo, uh, explored Bloomington, <laughs> Indiana, and we, we hunted all this public and, uh, he was such a such a joy to be around and hunt with at that time and i hunted him by himself all the time just had a blast with him but uh, to to go back you know the reason the reason we sold apache was because of him you know we had him and he was such a nice young dog and what happened with apache was uh, some random guy i don't know who this guy is (laughs) uh, he called me one day offered a lot of money offered me a ton of money for apache and and i remember thinking that i didn't want to sell him to this random guy obviously you know he was like my baby yeah and uh but we knew some people who 
would wanted him. Yeah, he, and yeah. We, and Adam pretty much handpicked Mark Morrison. Uh, I mean, I just asked Mark if he's interested in him, and yeah, and uh, it was just it was tough to sell him. But I thought at the time, and I still think, with the amount of people that were squirrel hunting in the South compared to here, yeah, that he would make a bigger impact, and definitely that he would get bred more, and 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 it did happen that way. And yeah, on top of it, you know, Mark was a great guy, and um, and at the same time, it's hard to push two stud dogs. Yeah, it is, and and at the time Geronimo was young. I mean, you, we didn't totally know where he would end up, but you just—I mean, if you if well, you'd have seen him, you kind of knew. And Adam yeah. was in college, and I mean, he had a lot of demands on him at that particular moment in time, and and to and to try to hunt two dogs, and mm-hmm. and Geronimo just need—he was both dogs needed to be in the woods because yeah. both they were both young dogs. I mean, Geronimo was a puppy, and Apache was th- four, yeah. three. Yeah. I mean, because we bred we bred Apache really early to Ginger, and so they weren't there wasn't much difference in yeah. their ages, you know. Yeah. But th- it was like, well, you know, that's a lot of money, and we've got <laughs> two dogs, too many dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then we started getting and hunting Geronimo pups. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then you know, we had a lot of good Geronimo pups, oh, lots yeah. of them. And yeah couple really really standout ones that mm-hmm. i hunted when i lived out in indiana that were yeah. really awesome so like name some of these standout pups so you know the ones that i had that i liked the most alan had this dog named thunder lady okay a friend of mine randy barker started the dog and mm-hmm. i hunted with her when she was young and alan bred her and to geronimo several times because the pups were so good mm-hmm. and the one that i had well i had a couple that i really liked i had one named geronimo's mountain state sue yep i remember and she was i mean heck she won her first hunt when she was like eight or nine months old and oh, i hunted her for a long time and really really enjoyed her and she was really fantastic and then the other one was probably my favorite dog of all time which the dog's name was mountain state mohawk okay and he didn't get hunted in a lot of hunts just because of the time that I had him. And it was, yeah. I was in, I was in graduate school and I kind of was at this point where I was not going to hunts anymore. Yeah. And, but I hunted him so much out there and had so much fun. And actually when I, when I had him was when I started hunting with Kenny Smith. Okay. And, uh, that was a big thing for me. And, but he was just, he was fantastic. He was a great coon dog too. And when I lived out there, there was a, a, a big coon population. Yeah. And I, and I had a friend who um, liked to climb trees and shake coons out. And, uh, we, you know, we were turning mohawk loose all the time. Yeah. You know, after graduate school classes, we'd go turn them loose. And, <laughs> and he would be, you know, turning coons. And he'd go up and shake one or two out at night till he got too tired and couldn't climb anymore. <laughs> and uh, then I'd squirrel hunt him. And to me, he was the epitome of, of what a squirrel dog should be. I mean, you mm-hmm. just cut him loose and he was... Just blow in there, be tree, tree hard. Have the, the the percentage of him having the squirrel was just outrageous. He had the squirrel all the time. Mm-hmm. He'd tree him off the wind. He'd tree him off the track. You know, he just, he could do it all. And I absolutely love the dog. I, he about ruined me because I about quit doing anything else. Uh, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't starting a young dog. I just, I was just hunting him all the time just because. I mean, yeah. he was so much fun to hunt. Mm-hmm. He, he was one of the few dogs Adam ever had that reached his prime, and then he still wanted to hunt him. Because Adam's style is when they when there's no potential left for learning, 
then it then it kind of ruins it for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like to move on, but yeah, you know, the <laughs> but dog was he was just so much enjoyment. Yeah, I just loved him, man. I'd hunt him. I I probably would have just hunted him for years. And <laughs> yeah. If what ended up happening with him was he had kidney failure when he was how old was he? Six. He was six, and he he got kidney failure, and I well, he just wasn't eating. I went to the vet, and the vet said he'll be dead in a couple of weeks. Yeah. It was just such a me a punch to the stomach so we we <laughs> hunted him till he couldn't walk yeah we literally hunted him when that day that the vet said that i hunted him every day and most nights well we we skipped when he wasn't able to walk i mean when he was just couldn't get out of the box every time he could hunt we hunted him yeah. from that day yeah. until he died and um it's a it's a it's a sad story but it's also an incredible story that when he was you know literally about to die we, well, well it, first of all, we, I mean, I, I, I'm going to interrupt you. We took him hunting and we had to carry, he, we, he treated four squirrels. The only thing he would eat, Adam, and this was Adam's idea. He cut the squirrels open and fed him the insides. That's all he would eat. He wouldn't eat any food at all. Jeez. And so we, we were out, it was out of season, but we didn't care. We killed the squirrels and cut them open and fed him the insides. But the, the the last real hunt we took him on, we had to carry him back to the truck. He couldn't walk back. He mm-hmm. up this little hill to the truck. We carry. I carried him back up there, and then I, I'll let you go ahead with the backyard story. Cause yeah, it was. Ugh. I'll never forget it. I mean, I was going to take him again, and he was just he looked, he was skin and bones. I mean, he absolutely mm-hmm. he looked terrible, and he walked up the steps just barely could get up the steps to the. And I knew I was going to have to put him in the truck. Well, when, when I got him up there, a squirrel ran across Dad's driveway. And I just decided to take him over there and see if he would tree it. I mean, he could barely walk. He laid his head you on know? Adam's leg and just closed his eyes and stood there asleep standing up. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. tired he was. And he went over, and he he got on that squirrel track, and he ran it down the hill, and he just— Ran it. He walked it down the hill. Yeah, he walked <laughs> it down the hill. And he got down there, and he just— he barked like one little, just Sounds super like a weak frog, bark. Frog croaking or something on a tree, and I mean, it was absolutely heartbreaking yeah. to watch a dog that you love that much. And and I loved him probably more than any of them. And he, uh, we went down there and he had the squirrel. You know, he. <laughs> Adam I mean, said, I didn't know where the squirrel was, and he had the squirrel. And I Adam went, said, "Go back, go back to the house and get to 22. And so we went down there and Adam shot I the shot the squirrel, the squirrel out. I cut the squirrel open, gave him the insides, and Dad killed him. In that moment, it was a, it was a tough. It was he, one of the toughest moments I've ever been involved with with a dog. But man, what a, what Adam, an amazing moment for Adam a hand, dog that deserved it. Yeah, yeah, Adam handed me the gun and said, "I can't do it, Dad." And and I shot him, and we, I mean, we sat there. <laughs> you know, still upset about it to this day. Yeah. But no, was, I can understand that. But uh, he died doing. Few of them get to die doing what they love so much that they'll do it when they can't even bark anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He was, but he was special, man. And he was one of my special Geronimo dogs. So. Well, I remember Mohawk. Uh, like, like you said, you didn't push him in hunts. So I don't remember a, seeing a whole lot about him. So. Yeah. And, and we just, at that time, I kind of quit doing hunts. And, yeah. You know, at that, it's hard to explain, but uh, the best way I can explain it is that I wasn't having fun doing hunts anymore. And okay. Most of it is mainly because I'm a head case and, um, <laughs> in trying to, in trying to prepare dogs for a hunt, 
Yeah, I we, just, we I just spent get, a lot of time going to to hunt down at Jamestown. It was snowed, and we everything we just went bad. And when we left there, Adam said, the next time I want to go to a competition hunt, tell me, let's just call one of our buddies and go hunting and actually have some fun. <laughs> and and we did that for like, it was nine years before we went to the next hunt. I mean, yeah, yeah, just I just wasn't enjoying it because yeah. it was it was it had nothing to do with the hunts themselves. It was just me. It just wasn't any fun. And I was yeah. and I I'd spend all this time, you know, preparing a dog, and then I don't know. I think I just kind of got crazy at some point because when the dog would make a mistake, it just it really upset me. Like yeah. And if you're going to be getting mad all the time at the dog or at yourself, that's it didn't feel to me like it was worth being there. Exactly. And uh, so I just kind of quit doing it at that point. There you go. No, I, mean, I understand. So, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I know I still follow everybody that's in the hunts, and I follow mm-hmm. all the dogs, and but I just, it's hard to explain, but it's actually, I'm a, I'm a musician too, and it mm-hmm. feels very similar to the aggravation that I get with myself when I play poorly on, okay. on a gig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like, I just can't, I can't deal with it anymore. It's not enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. With that said, we've gone to hunts in recent years, and and I've had a great time. Yeah, it's good, fun to connect with people again. And but to do it and to do it like we did it when I was younger, I just don't have the urge to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. So what do you got as far as dogs now? Well, we've got a couple of competition dogs. <laughs> yeah, dogs that aren't getting put in hunts. Um, now we've got a. Well, we I had a post Geronimo. I had a dog named Comanche. It was, that was a, my Geronimo dog that I finally settled on of being a, the one that we wanted to use to breed. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the only dog I've ever had that a treat a squirrel the first time I ever took him to the woods. Well, no, his pup did too, but a pup that I sold. Yeah. Um, the, that pup didn't end up having the hunt and other stuff where Comanche did. And, yeah. Um, we ended up breeding uh, Comanche to various things, but one of the things that we bred him to was a, a full sister to Tank and Geronimo okay. that Alan now has. And so now we have a dog that we call G2, Geronimo okay. 2. And uh, he's a dandy. And then the other dog that I have right now that's the only dog that's here at his house, so the rest of them are at Dad's house, um, is a dog named Crazy Horse. And Crazy Horse, uh, we bought a dog from Stanley Hockenberry, a puppy. Out of Tank. Out of Tank and uh, 20KK. 20KK. And 20KK is out of Geronimo. And She's a world champion, okay. and um, we we bought a puppy out of her and Tank when Stanley bred her back to Tank, and mm-hmm. that dog's name is T-Bird, and I hunted her for a few seasons, and she's phenomenal, mm-hmm. and she was phenomenal from the beginning, and uh, we took her and actually drove all the way down, and it's so my one time going down and visiting Mark Morrison on his home <laughs> turf, and uh, drove all the way down there, and uh, Todd Jackson drove from from Louisiana up to Mississippi to meet me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sent her down and she got bred to Bayou Bob. Okay. And I was so excited about doing this in the first place. And it was just such a logistical nightmare to drive down there and everything. Yeah. And we, it all worked out. And man, Todd was so awesome because Todd took her back down there and kept her for like a month. And then eventually we had a dog hauler bring her back. And, and uh, the pup that we end up keeping was this crazy horse pup. Okay. And he is... He, li- he lives up to the name because yeah. he's, he's, he, he goes, yeah. we just call him crazy, but <laughs> he's, he's a really hard hunting dog. Good tree dog. Yeah. Accurate dog. I mean, he's, he's the type of dog that I really like. Okay. And I've been hunting him now for 
give or take a year and a half. I think he's, well, no, he's a little older than that. But I didn't, I don't often hunt my dogs when they're super young, like a lot of people. So okay. I didn't really start hunting him much until he was 10 months to a year old. But he did. He treated a squirrel in the yard at five months old. And, yeah. You know, I remember sending that to Todd and sending a video of him. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think people would wonder why I didn't hunt him that much right then. <laughs> but he just, it wasn't the right type of year, time of year. And, yeah. I, you know, I think people, when people are talking about, you know, starting pups, I really believe that when it comes to starting pups that you're better off to let the time of year kind of determine what you do. And yeah, he was, it was in the summer. It just didn't make any sense to hunt him right then. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I waited until squirrels well, started coming down. Well, plus and, when we turned him loose, he just went out of this country. And when you're, when you're not going to tree squirrels, you're in the middle of summer. That's not yeah. a good time to do that. Yeah. And he was, I mean, he was junky in the beginning. He would, he would run deer a lot, <laughs> you know. I mean, and and I I didn't try to break him. Yeah. You know, I I was just going to let him do his thing until he kind of broke himself. Yep. And I ended up having to break him a little bit, but um, <laughs> he was, you know, because he, he's crazy. Yeah, because <laughs> he lives up to the name. But you know, he he does everything he does. He does it hard. Yeah. And um, he, I think what ended up happening, you know, was I'm just waiting for him to fall treat, and eventually he started falling treat off of the off the deer and then i yeah. ended up breaking him off deer but uh i waited till fall and hunted him when there were squirrels yeah you know, so it worked out for him yeah he's and he's a he's a go-getter he's and he's i make him sound crazy which he is kind of but he's really smart too i mean he he is super smart well he's really he's really well mannered like we sit out here in the, in the summer i sit out here and just throw the ball with him and you okay. know he he retrieves the ball, and, you know, he'll just walk around this place at my ankles. And, mm-hmm. and he'll do whatever Adam tells him to do. I mean, if he's if he says get in a truck, Adam could have the, hide the truck somewhere, and he would find that thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he, he lays out here and lets my boys rub around on him. And, yeah. You know, my boys now, I've got uh, two sons, one eight years old and one five years old, and Thomas and Elliot, they, they go hunting all the time. And in fact, we went the other day. I don't hunt in the summer, but um, – the other day we decided to go yeah. when you were coming down. I said, "Oh well, we better turn this dog loose a couple of times in case we end up, you know, going out with Ben." And we took him up, and of course, the first thing my wife said was, "Are you sure you want to go take them with that dog and turn them loose in the summer?" And, take, uh, a, take a four, a four year, five year old with a with crazy horse. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that was a a reasonable uh, question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But we turned him loose, and he just blew in there and got treated like he normally does. And the nice. boys went in and found a squirrel. And, you know, I know you've got kids, right? Yeah. And uh, right now we're at, we're just having so much fun all the time with these boys. And yeah. my older son now is killing the squirrels when we hunt. And mm-hmm. my youngest son is obsessed with being in the woods and yeah. uh, finding snakes and bugs and <laughs> everything, yeah. frogs. And he actually, when we go hunting, he carries a bottle around with him just to, <laughs> In case he catches something. Yeah, he does. He carries a he. In bug fact, he bottle. was uh, he was upset the other day when we took crazy. He said, "I forgot my bug bottle." <laughs> so he, you know, when we're hunting, and that's one nice thing about crazy. He'll stay treat all day. So yeah, you know, he got treat. I think the first tree he was like five hundred. He gets in there, he gets treat, and and Thomas just took off and went to the dog, and yeah, and uh, Elliot, he's sitting there. He's he's found we centipedes. We found centipede. <laughs> we found a newt we found a frog heck who knows how long it took us to get to the tree but yeah yeah so it was it's pretty fun you know i love having awesome. my, i love having my kids out there with them yeah. we got another another nice dog now too uh we call her dream catcher and she's out of 
T-Bird Thunderbird too. Okay. Uh, this one was driving up to Michigan. So. Yeah. So we drove, I drove up to Michigan and, and bred T-Bird to Porcupine Mountain Bud. Okay. Of Adam O'Donnell's dog. And mm-hmm. that's been a, that's been a good cross too. I mean, yeah. Several, all the people that have the pups, honestly. Yeah. Have liked them. And yeah. We ended up buying this one off, about one back off my friend Brad Hill down okay. in Virginia. And, um, She's a nice dog, and I'm really excited about her. We hunted her in crazy last winter. Me and Brad did. Brad mm-hmm. came up, and well, Brad came up because he got another pup. He he bought a pup out of T Bird and uh, um, Duck Creek Razor, Allen's Razor dog. Yeah, and uh, we turned Dream loose with crazy, and it was terrible weather, and we still had a good hunt. I think yeah. we looked at five or six, and nice. And uh, I I remember Dream. Well, um, the first the first tree. Dream got over and uh, split off a crazy, and then uh, she had to squirrel, and he didn't, so I was feeling the pressure off the first tree. <laughs> and, uh, then we, at the end, all I remember about the hunt, at the very end of the hunt, crazy went like, I don't know, almost a mile or something, and treed for a half hour, <laughs> and we got wow. there, and he had to squirrel. And uh, But anyway, this the, the Dream dog is going to be a dandy, and there's nice. no doubt. So. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have fun hunting those two. And for the first time in a long time, we're not starting a pup this fall. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're, I don't know if I'm as happy about it as Dad is. But, you know, just kind of it's not it's not falling where I have a pup, and my boys are both doing soccer and yeah. baseball, and I just you know, Dad finally talked me into saying, "Hey, let's just go hunting and enjoy it for once." But which would be good for the boys, but. Uh, we still got a couple. You got two dogs that are still learning. You'll be okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but you know, it's like a, you know, I, I hunt six, seven days a week, and I don't know. It's just like to not have a pup this fall is going to be weird because it's normally just yeah. You know, I sit there and I don't know about everybody else. I daydream about it, think about it in the evening. You know, what's that dog going to do tomorrow? And mm-hmm. and it's not easy for me to to hunt all the time. I got to rearrange my whole life schedule to do it and. A lot of times here, because we don't have any property, so it's like I can't turn loose here by the house. Yeah. And I'm a school teacher, and when the when the weather breaks, I take my dogs to work with me. There you go. And uh, <laughs> they they lay in the truck on my on my lunch break. I go out and get them out of the truck, and then on the when I leave work, I go straight to the woods and and hunt right after work. And mm-hmm. you know, it takes a lot of a lot of effort to do this constantly. Yeah. And I like to have that pup that's keeping me. You know, keep the juices flowing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so we'll see what happens this fall. I guess I'm just going to hunt these older dogs every day and enjoy it. So, <laughs> well, I tell you what, I think we won't have any trouble enjoying it. <laughs> oh, I know that. But and know. the boys going with us will make it enjoyable too. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, that's yeah. you know, having young kids, I try to like kind of almost set everything up to make sure we have good hunts when I take my sons. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes that's stressful in itself and. And you throw in a young dog on top of it. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. doubt. I mean, well, I wouldn't. There's times when I wouldn't turn them loose with the dog has to get so far before you're willing to turn them loose with them. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, when 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 I think about getting another pup started, I think about the, uh, how it was with Crazy Horse, and it's like, well, I mean, even last year it was like uh, Adam and Thomas, who's who's eight, and I went. And we took Crazy Horse out, and he he treed what was it one point three miles or something away. We had to drove we drove Thomas and I drove thirteen miles to get to where Adam could go get Crazy Horse, 
and and then meet us at the truck. He had to walk another mile on the other side of that. And Thomas was really concerned. I mean, we drove we drove for twenty minutes. He said, "Where's Daddy going to be?" <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what's bad about this is like, you know, crazy crazy tree squirrels all around you, but. But when everything shuts down, he's just he's he just, just going to go just on won't through. Stop, yeah. yeah, and that's not really suited to a kid. So generally yeah. speaking, what I do with my boys is, you know, I make a couple good trees and. Well, what we do is we take Sky or T Bird. Well, that too. So that it's more manageable. That's yeah. But you know, like the other day when we turned crazy loose with the boys, and he made he made two trees and. When we got to second tree, I'm just looking at the whole situation, going, eh, "Let's call it a day, fellas." Yeah. You know, yeah. you just don't want to get into a bad situation. No, exactly. So, yeah one of the, one of the things my wife uh, uh, hates is when we say, "Oh, man, let's just make one more tree," because that's where it all falls apart. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, Conkey's Outdoors is proud to be a sponsor of Tree Talking Time. Family, hunting, tradition is the Conkey's motto. They understand the importance of passing down the tradition of hound hunting. They are a family-owned business that treats you like family. They also understand the importance of having the gear you need when you need it. Conkeys carries everything for your next hunt, and it ships to your door quick. They also offer great warranties on all tracking systems and financing options. Check them out at conkeys.com. You can also use the code TREETALKINGTIME5 in all caps to save as well. Well, anything else you guys want to talk about? Oh, I mean... We've kind of covered... Where you started and where you're at. So, I mean, anything, any good stories or anything? Oh, uh, I, I, there are a couple. You got a good story? Uh-huh. <laughs> if you got a good story, go ahead. While you're still telling one, I'll think of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know the best story is is uh, Pepper. Um, I don't just know. A fun, just a funny story. Which one are you going to tell? Oh, uh, where, where, when she treed two bear. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I know what you go tell. Well, um, I was, when I was a kid and I didn't have a driver's license, I'd mm-hmm. oftentimes have my mom and dad or my brother drive me to the woods and drop me off. <laughs> and then somebody would come back and get me, you <laughs> yeah. know. And it, we usually what we did was come back and get me at dark or whatever yeah. it was. And I remember some times when dad, you know, I remember one time dad said he could see the see the blast coming out of the shotgun <laughs> yeah. it was so dark when i was coming out but um what happened was i turned pepper loose on this wildlife management area that i hunted a lot and she started we made a few trees and then she started baying and um i went down there i just thought she was booger barking i didn't know what she was doing at the time yeah. and we get, i get down there and there's a a couple of college students naked wrapped in a towel oh, the blanket, a, blanket. <laughs> a blanket excuse me and there and she's she's baying them there she's barking at them and the guy's trying to get her to leave and she won't leave and she's barking at him her and uh adam's trying to call her away i tried to call her she i tried won't come. i tried to call her and she wouldn't come and so i had to go all the way over there to him you know i was probably 14 years old <laughs> 15 i had to go all the way over there to him and hook her up and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And the guy, I just remember him. You were saying, older than that. You were. I, you I didn't have a car, so I had, couldn't have been 16. Yeah, maybe that's true. But uh, anyway, I, I, t- I hooked her up. And when I pulled her away, I remember saying, I'm so sorry. And the guy saying. Me too. Yeah, but I'm sorry too. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I walked down. And I left. The, I got down to the road to leave. And I didn't have a car. I was supposed to be down there at such and such time. I don't even remember. You got there way early because of yeah. this. Yeah, but the whole thing messed up my hunt. So I get down there, and I'm waiting for someone to come pick me up. And then these people, 
had to walk out past me again. So he, you know, as embarrassing as it was, yeah. Then we had to we had to have yet another interaction after yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then mom and dad came and I think with mom and dad came and picked me up, and I said, "Well, you're not gonna believe what happened." Uh, and then dad came up with he said, "Yo, he he she treated a couple bear." Well, <laughs> there was a couple, and they were bear. That's absolutely true. <laughs> That's I said, I asked funny. Adam, I said, did you, did you recognize him? He said, I didn't recognize the guy. And I said, you didn't recognize the girl either. And he said, I never saw her face. <laughs> he said, she never let me see her face. <laughs> she didn't either. It was, it was pretty funny. I yeah. mean, <laughs> That's funny. That was a good one. I'm trying to think of other good stories. Oh man, we've had a bunch of them. I'm sure you guys have had some good dogs. I mean, obviously you've had some good, some good hunts. Oh man. I've had one of the best hunts I ever had was, was, with a, mountain state sioux mm-hmm. and i was living in indiana at the time and i can't remember why i, I got got it in my mind i wanted to go to this wildlife she, management she's a full area. sister to mohawk yeah yeah okay. and i can't remember why i wanted to go to this wildlife management area um but so i think merle i think merle seeley had posted about it on the internet or something mm-hmm. that they had gone to minnehaha wildlife management area and treat all these squirrels so i decided hey i got up one morning i said i'm gonna drive over there and go hunting I drove over there and I mean, it's, it's Fox squirrel country. And when mm-hmm. you grow up in gray squirrel country and you go out there, it's just such a, you know, yeah. you have a blast when, yeah. when you're getting in game and, uh, you know, uh, Susie, she treed five squirrels just as, and that's the limit out there. She treed five squirrels as quick as you could treat five squirrels and just looked mm-hmm. like a million dollars. And, you know, I was strutting around there by myself, proud of my dog. And I cut her loose, uh, to make one more tree, even though I'd already killed my limit. And she treated a bow hunter. She uh, she went in there and she got treated. Just sounded like she was treated normal. And when I got in there, there was a guy in a tree stand in the tree, and she was just treeing on him like he was a squirrel. I, just, I remember thinking, this is how crazy it was. And then the guy didn't even he didn't get upset about it or anything. You know, he just I apologized and left. And I know if a bow hunters get a bad rap, and I've given them a bad rap myself sometimes. But this yeah. guy was the nicest guy you ever want to meet. Yeah. And I remember another hunt out there. I was, I was just thinking this. I'm sure I'm thinking this. I know you are. Because we went out. We used, we now go out, or we have been for years, in hunting with Kenny Smith and Alan Franklin, this mm-hmm. hunt that we call the Thunder Memorial Hunt. And I hunted. When I lived in Indiana, I, started, I got with Kenny Smith, and Kenny trained Franklin's Thunder. And Kenny's okay. one of my best friends. And, you know, I, we would go, I'd go hunt with him on Fridays because I worked as a director of education at a Sylvan Learning Center. Okay. And I got, I worked, I had Friday off. Mm-hmm. So I'd drive up two hours to, to hunt with Kenny all day. And we hunted all day. And so then anyway, and eventually we all started getting together out there for one weekend. And yeah. oh man, we just have these big hunts, you know, killing a whole bunch of squirrels and having a great time. And we were sitting there, I can't remember what dogs were treated, but these do- the dog got, a couple dogs got treated together. We get in there and we find the squirrel and the squirrel started timbering and everybody started shooting. And then this guy starts yelling, and he's in a tree. <laughs> what what was it, Dad? Probably 30, 40 yards oh, away. Oh, yeah, up in a tree, up high in a tree. And we laugh so hard because can you imagine guys going in there to dog's tree? And, the and you just stand burning out we're shooting at it. <laughs> yeah, and you're, and you're in the tree. I just can't imagine not yelling at the guys and saying, hey, I'm here. Yeah. When you see him start looking in the tree and everything, you know the dogs are treat. He had to have known we walked in there with an arsenal of guns. We're getting ready to start shooting. <laughs> he, 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 uh, he said, I'm here when we started shooting, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he started yelling, oh, whoa, 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 guys, I'm up here. That was a good one. 
Uh-uh-uh. Oh, I thought, you know, actually, I thought you were going to tell a different story. I thought you were going to tell when you took Sue down there in, in that, I, I thought that was Minnehaha too, but maybe I'm wrong. And, and I'm sitting in my, at my computer at work, and I get a call from Adam. He said, I have no idea. you got to help me find my way out of this woods. He said, I walked up to the river, and it's flowing the wrong direction. And he said, it was going to the left. Now it's going to the right. I, I don't have any idea where I am. Can you help me find my way out of this woods? And he said. So he's said, in Indiana. And, and I'm you're in si- West Virginia yeah, and you're my computer. Virginia. <laughs> and, and, well, that was before GPS and Onyx and all that stuff. So, so anyway, I get on. I pulled up the. If it was Minnehaha, I think it was. I, I pulled it was. up pulled up the map on my, you know, my computer. And he starts telling me this and that. And I said, well, I think there's this big the big loop in the river and i think you, yeah. you've you're you're looking at the wrong you know wrong yeah. place and i talked him out of the woods from from my computer in west virginia <laughs> to get him back to his truck well what i mean i'm sure there's some flatlanders uh listening to this podcast going to get a big kick out of this but when you take a guy that hunts in the hills and hollers and you stick him in a totally flat woods yeah it doesn't go well you know you those landmarks that's right yeah. everybody starts talking north south and i'm talking hollers and bottoms yeah, well, and it doesn't yeah. work you and, know and you know low gaps and stuff like that right so yeah. i did i got i got turned around in there badly that day who, yeah. who would have guessed that uh little google google maps or google <laughs> earth from back yeah. home Yep. I remember it was a long conversation trying to get us in the same place, but yeah, we finally <laughs> figured out where he was. I finally got out of there. That's funny. But. Yeah, you know, back in the day, we it seems like we would get, you know, we'd all get lost all the time. At least I did. Oh, good I, lord! How do we ever do anything without technology? I don't know. I, don't I, don't know. know. <laughs> I used to get lost. I used to get lost hunting all the time, and you know, put a beep beep collar in my truck, leave it behind, try to use that to try figure to out how to get truck. out. And, <laughs> Um, and then, of course, around here, half the time, the beep beep's jumping off the mountains back yep. then. And I remember walking to Geronimo one day and walking halfway up a mountain, figuring out he was on the other other mountain, you know, <laughs> and that kind of stuff, coon hunting. But, oh, man, you think about, I mean, I've been doing this now for 25 or 6 years. and Two-thirds of your life. And it's uh, it's <laughs> it's been a lot of stories, you know. Yeah. It's like it never stops. Definitely. <laughs> I was thinking though that when you were talking about Apache, uh, and we, uh, when he was nine months old, we took him up to the Ohio State hunt, and and we're there at the clubhouse, you know, all that stuff's going on, the bench shows and tree and contests. And Apache was a beautiful dog. I mean, he he won the bench shows. But yeah, he won. He was world bench champion. Yeah. But anyway, we we're up there, and Adam said. Uh, they got the coon down, you know, they're going to get ready for the tree and contest. And Adam's, well, at the time you were 16 years old. And he said, uh, he said, I'm going to take this dog up there and he's never seen a coon before. If he'll bark at that coon, I'm going to put him in the tree and contest. I said, fine. So a little bit, he comes back into the, into the clubhouse and with his money, he's putting him in the tree and contest. I said, he barked. He said, oh yeah, he barked. Well, he barked uh, when he put him in the tree and contest at nine months old, he barked 129 barks a minute. And those guys says, nobody's going to win a treeing contest around here for the next 10 years. <laughs> and he never would bark at a, at a coon in a cage again. We, he won that thing, a treeing contest, and then we tried him. And after that, he just had no interest in a coon in a cage, none. That's fine. Ne- never, never, never stayed in the circle in another treeing contest. No, he just walk out. <laughs> go, tree, go turn him loose at night. He'd go tree coon. But yeah, yeah. but yeah. He, he wasn't having that cage. No. <laughs> No. 
Well, if that's uh, it, I thank you guys for allowing me to come and crash your morning. Oh, <laughs> no, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. And I, I mean, I'm honored to talk on this thing. <laughs> I listen to it all the time. Like I know a whole bunch of guys do. And I mean, you get me to and from work throughout the year, but I, I've, I've enjoyed all of your interviews. Oh, I appreciate I, it. I mean, I just, I love hearing about, you know, the many different sides of dog hunting that yeah. you don't, I don't think about, you know, everybody's got their way of doing everything. And, exactly. And then I listen to your podcast and I find out, you know, a whole bunch of people are hunting a bunch of dogs that I, you know, don't think about, mm-hmm. don't realize how they're hunting. And, uh, it's just been a super, super cool for me. I, I'm a teacher. Yeah. I get excited about learning something and, yeah. you know, I just, every time I listen to your podcast, I'm learning something and well, I'm glad you're learning something. Well, <laughs> I really am. And I, you know, I'm, and also it's really nice to people who I've known over the years through the computer Yeah, that, uh, I recently turned off my social media because I'm being weird right now, I guess, but, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, listening to these podcasts, it keeps me kind of connected with what's going on. I really yep. have enjoyed that part of it. Um, but you know, back in the day, just kind of as a side note, when I was young and, you know, we were on squirrel dog central all the time and I never saw any of those people, you know, I just talked to them on there all yeah. the time. And most of them were living so far away. You were never going to see them. And yep. it's nice to now get on here without having to make a phone call to mm-hmm. get, listen to a podcast and really, you know, hear somebody's story. And, yep. Uh, I really enjoy it. I mean, that's, I listen to all these guys, but I especially enjoy yours. So well, I appreciate it. I want to, uh, I, I mean, um, I just kind of want to say, this is me bragging on my boy, but you mm-hmm. know, guys tend to do that sometimes, yeah. but I just want to say that, uh, we, you know, we, we couldn't do anything we do without somebody being as smart about learning as, as Adam is. It's like, he, I mean, he's a natural born teacher and he teaches kids and he gets, if you ever listen to his little band, which is not a little band or his, his choir, he's, uh, he's in a, you know, in a place where, uh, you would not expect great bands and great choirs to come from, but he has middle school bands and choirs that are crazy, but he's just got a sense about teaching when he says learning made me think of this. He's just got a sense about teaching, whether mm-hmm. he's teaching kids or teaching dogs, I I can't I can't figure out how it's done until he tells me and I say oh my gosh yeah now I understand mm-hmm. what they're learning from what I'm doing right now and and that's why you know when we talked earlier about you know young guy gets a dog and ruins his first dog yep um, it's like that same thing happened to Adam when he was young but now I feel like that he is so tuned into what they're learning when we're doing something mm-hmm. that he. He can make them, I mean, just like crazy horse will, you know, he'll fetch and he'll roll over and sit and stay and just because he just knows how to get him to do that stuff. And it's, yeah. it's really, uh, it makes it way more fun for me just to stand back and watch it, watch the dogs learn and watch him coach them and teach them and everything like that. And because, you know, we, we've been fortunate enough to, to get a line of dogs that's got it coming to them natural and then just to fine-tune all that little stuff is so much fun to do definitely and, and i see his boys picking up on that right now you know mm-hmm. fig- figuring out watching him and figure out so i feel like the, you know we'll be doing this longer than i'm able to do it you know that's which great is pretty that gives you you know makes you feel good to, definitely yeah, yeah. Well. I, I keep i keep making adam make me videos because <laughs> say one of these days 
you guys are going to be going hunting, and I'm going to be watching these videos. So you're yeah. going to make me a bunch of videos so I can sit around and pretend I'm still hunting. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's fun to watch my boys. Like, I will take a video of them now. They walk in the tree. They're, like, correcting oh, the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny yeah, to see them. on that tree. <laughs> right, even when he does, the dog doesn't even need it. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. They're, yeah. they're after them and trying to teach them. And, you know, uh, <laughs> somebody was talking to me the other day about training a house dog or training a pet to do little tricks. I said, what's hard to train a dog to get gone and get treated somewhere? <laughs> you know, you can't train one to do that. And, and the truth is that that we have been really fortunate to have you know and you can't you can't thank enough people back in the game who've, yep. who've bred these dogs forever man i'd like to go back and shake every one of their hands because you know somehow we've got these dogs that naturally do this and it's yeah. it's awesome i mean it, it, you couldn't do anything to me that's more awesome and and anybody who takes credit for that is so ridiculous i want to go back and shake the hand of all these guys that you know for years and years who have who have bred these dogs that we you know piggyback on now and uh you know i can thank some of them you know obviously i get to thank my buddy alan all the time and, yep. and kenny and you know all the guys that have come before that i mean that have done this you know that have raised and trained them but but bred them smartly yeah so that we now have we've always know, i got, feel like we've always been pretty good to 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 dole out those compliments because you know early on we we knew from from the get-go, we weren't going to breed 100 females to find the cross that was right. Yeah. And so early on, we recognized that other people have done this before us, and we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just mm -hmm. need to, to figure out which dogs naturally do what we like to do and and, 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 and like you said, piggyback on other people's. I always used to say ride, ride, we've ridden uh, Franklin's Thunder's coattails, you know, for a long time, but it's not just him. It, mm -hmm. It's It's – that's that's a big deal too and you're right they we don't deserve to take credit for sure no my goodness i just i'm just hunting them and most people will find if you go take a dog and one of these dogs and you just hunt it six days a week you're gonna have a dog yeah <laughs> i mean that's my experience you yep. yeah you're gonna fine tune it to the what suits you best but like you go hunt these dogs all the time you're gonna end up with a dog and yep. uh, i just we i try to put some of those uh good training tips on mountainstatekennels.com because i got people who are getting first-time puppies and they yeah. need a lot of coaching uh, for that kind of thing but when they say what is your one bit of advice i said i always say take this dog in the woods over and over again and something good will happen yep yeah it's a very few very few of these dogs that you hunt for you get them to the right age you hunt them for a month straight and you don't end up with something adam yeah. always says you give me one month at, with any dog and i'll tell you if whether he's worth anything or not. Oh, yeah, you mean, put him in the woods, and he'll put him in the woods 25 out of those 30 days, and when that month is over, he'll tell you what they're made of. Yep. That's yeah. that's great advice right there. Like, And most people either can't or won't do it. So Yeah, and, you know, people are all the time talking about culling dogs, and, and I'm, you know, I, I understand where people are coming from. Um, I don't breed every dog that I train, but far from it, you know, yeah. because you don't, you don't see naturally what you want. Yeah. But the truth is that if you take a dog and hunt it for 30 days, most of the time, you're going to make a dog that somebody would be happy with. That's my experience. Yeah. And I know that call means a lot of things to a lot of people, but, you know, if I get a dog that I don't like, I try to get it to somebody that 
is going to enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know. And most of the time, that's not too hard to do because even one that I'm not going to breed is still going to tree a squirrel, most of them. Hey, you're, talking, you. you're talking about that Comanche pup that treed really well, but he wouldn't go hunting. And and uh, I sold him to somebody. I said, you know, I don't know. He just don't he just don't go hunting very far. But that after that, that guy says, this is the best squirrel dog I've ever had in my life. Oh, yeah, he, he, he totally said, enjoyed the dog. I said, yeah. well, he does, does he, is he going hunting now? He said, no, I don't want him to. I want to walk through yeah, the woods exactly. and have him tree squirrels. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. I mean, That's they don't the have to. That's the style you want. Yeah. Right, you know, what's what's important is, you know, looking at what the dog does naturally and deciding whether you want to breed it. And mm-hmm. Man, all these guys that have clearly done that for decades upon decades, they deserve yeah. a lot of kudos, and I'm, yep. uh, I'm, I'm pretty – uh I'm pretty nostalgic. I'm also pretty big on thanking people. I, I'm really, I'm really into uh, taking like guys that have helped me and, and, you know, I just that's my favorite part of this whole game mm-hmm. is the legacy of it all. Yeah. Man, I hope that someday, you know, my boys are hunting dogs that are like right now. I'm hunting the sixth generation of these dogs. Mm-hmm. Man, it would be cool if my boys were hunting like the, you know, tenth, twelfth generation yeah, of these definitely. dogs, and, and then I could tell them about hey, you know. Remember when uh, Bill Ryan would take me hunting, or John Love, or those guys, and you know, yep. I just love it, man. Yeah, but the sad part about that is that Geronimo and Apache will go off the side of the pedigree, and they won't even show up anymore. Well, that'll be I'll, I'll be happy when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Me too. Me too. That's awesome. So, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media, and until next time, keep them talking in the timber.